Welcome to the MBA Insider Podcast. I'm your host, Al D. This is a show designed for aspiring current and former MBAs looking for advice on how you can grow your career through an MBA degree. During each episode, I'll talk to MBA students, graduates, and leaders about the MBA experience, navigating the workplace, and career development so you can learn how to develop and achieve your own version of career success through an MBA and beyond. Welcome to the MBA Insider Podcast. My name is Al D. I'm the host of the MBA Insider Podcast. Today, I have the pleasure of having with me Taylor Clark, who is an MBA graduate of Harvard Business School. Excited today to talk to Taylor about her career journey, as well as to dig in into her MBA experience at HBS and to hear her own perspective about how her MBA is helping her work towards her own career goals. So Taylor, thank you so much for joining me today. I know we were talking a little bit earlier, but I'm excited to dive in to get to hear a little bit more about your story. Uh, the listeners of this podcast will know I always try to love starting off with a warm-up question just so we can get to know our guests a little bit better. And so Taylor, my question to you is, uh, think back, what was your first job and what did you learn from that experience? Yeah, happy to answer that. And obviously, thank you so much for having me, Al. I'm super excited to be here and share my experience. I think I'd like to think my first job and my favorite job <laughs> is being an eldest daughter to Ralph and Rebecca Clark, as well as an eldest sister to three incredible younger siblings. But I know that's kind of an unpaid role, but it continues to be a role where I think back to where I first learned about responsibility, servant leadership, and kind of setting an example. But if you want to go with the textbook definition of employment, I think my first paid job was probably around middle school or high school, tutoring a lot of younger students in math, math classes. And I think from that experience, it really taught me true patience, how to celebrate small wins and improvements. And I think being able to communicate a lot of different ideas and concepts at various levels to different audiences. I could see so many uh, different ways how that could be really, really valuable. Uh, just to go a little bit further, what did you enjoy most about being the eldest or the oldest uh, sibling or oldest child in your family? Yeah, I think there's something about putting people ahead of yourself that really inspires me and I get energy from. You're always thinking about the big picture. You're always having to set the stage and the example. And you're going to have to also influence without a lot of direct ownership, right? <laughs> In terms of not being able to control other people, but set an example and hoping that folks will follow you organically. Yeah, I can definitely see how the parallel nicely about how you enjoyed being a, a tutor and a teacher because uh, you uh, there was a lot of definitely parallels be, between that. But okay, you've clearly done a lot of things since then. But I guess maybe just to start, prior to going to business school, what were you doing in your career? And why did it make sense for you to choose to go and get an MBA? Yeah, so prior to business school, I was at Walmart e-commerce. And there I was owning Walmart's relationships with some of kind of the biggest household name tech companies within the delivery space. So in owning those external partnerships, my focus was really on scaling Walmart's online grocery delivery offering. And at this time, it was actually incredibly visible and important part of the strategy and the overall Walmart goals because I was working in this space during the COVID-19 pandemic. So it really put pressure on retailers such as Walmart, not only to close their stores and protect their kind of frontline associates, but also provide this essential service to Americans during this unprecedented time. So I had a really great experience owning and driving a lot of those initiatives at Walmart e-commerce. And I think, why did I choose to get an MBA? I think I ultimately chose at the time. I felt like I had accomplished a lot, but there was still some gaps in growth that I needed to close in terms of my leadership potential and being that leader I wanted to be. 
I felt like an MBA would really help me identify those gaps as well as up-level my skills, both from a people management, but also a strategic vision perspective. And just as a follow-up to that, I'm curious, when did this idea that an MBA could potentially be a good next step in your career, when did that bubble up? Is that something that maybe you always thought or was there at all a point in time or maybe even a person for that matter, I'm not, not sure what your experience was, where it became a little bit more crystal clear that this could be the next best step in your career? Yeah, so I think I'm incredibly privileged and blessed to have a parent who also has an MBA. So I grew up as a small child going to a lot of the reunions and having that exposure early to what an MBA actually could tangibly do for me. I think a lot of that became networking, being exposed to my parents' classmates and friends and how they were able to move as a cohort even years and years after post-marriages and families and all of these professional achievements, what that MBA, the tangible impacts of that was. So I grew up with that influence and I'm incredibly thankful that I had that. And I think personally, the timing was really good because I felt like at Walmart, I was just on that cusp of being a people manager. And I felt like an MBA would plug in really nicely to um, me, I guess, achieving that goal. No, totally. And I definitely can relate to you a little bit. Both my parents went to business school. And so I definitely, the apple did not fall far from the tree. And right. <laughs> allegedly, the story is when I was like five, I told my parents that I wanted to, I think it was, wanted to be a engineer, wanted to go to business school. I wanted to be a firefighter and I wanted to be maybe, I don't know, like an astronaut. So I tell people, I went one one for four. Yeah, I went one for four. So I did go to business school. Didn't do all those other things, but it ended up working out okay. Okay, so you went to HBS, which is a phenomenal school. Would love to know, how did they come on your radar other than obviously being the top-ranked business school, but what specifically about HBS really stuck out to you and why did it become the school that you ended up going to? Yeah, so I felt like HBS really presented the option to be challenged. So that means forcing me in my particular uh, situation to reflect and be uncomfortable and have tough conversations across a lot of dynamic topics, right? Whether it be personally, professionally, in the workplace, in society, et cetera. And I felt like that was really key in order to have me grow into the leader that I have envisioned myself being for a long time. And I just want to caveat, this is coming from, I'm the most like introverted. I think we spoke at the top of the call. I'm pretty empathetic. I love teaching and being around people. And I'm more of a behind the scenes operator. And I'm willingly, I guess I got the opportunity to willingly opt into this like public speaking, cold calling, (laughs) strategic decisioning gauntlet that is the case method. So I think that's why I chose HBS. It's really invigorating to be in a position to be challenged and to be uncomfortable in order to grow. And I think that I will also mention that I'm a long-term thinker. So even with my experience of growing up around folks who went to HBS, I believe that it really positions its students to think at those executive levels rather than in a particular function, which lends itself really well to becoming useful and evergreen in those learnings that you're implementing along the way in your career, personal life, et cetera. How was that experience then in terms of, even though I think you mentioned you tend to be empathetic, but you like working behind the scenes, but then getting thrust into something like the case method and cold calling, which sounds, it sounds like maybe because it was challenging, you opted into it, but when you actually had to do it, Uh, How did you navigate through that? Or did you enjoy it? Did you not enjoy it? Could you talk to me just a little bit about how that experience went? 
Yeah, I think it was a necessary experience. I think it was tough. I'm not going to lie, right? I think anytime you're working on, I don't want to call it a weakness, but trying to strengthening some of the bonds or some of the things within yourself that you feel like you want to work on, that's always going to be tough, right? You're not coming in the best at some of these things. And I think that's why I wanted to position myself in an environment where A, I could fail fast. So if I don't get the cold call the first day, there's always the next day, right? And it's pretty low stakes in terms of um, failing fast uh, in this environment. HBS provides a wealth of support and opportunity for you to strengthen your weaknesses and go through the experience. And then you're also not alone. So there are a lot of students who are coming from different backgrounds, different strengths, that people can lean in and lean out as they see fit. And I think I wasn't the only one feeling that way. So it was very comforting to feel like I was going through an experience with a cohort of students who understood where I was coming from and could actually help me um, strengthen those capabilities uh, along the way. It's interesting. I've done this podcast now for about three years, and I've had over 200 episodes, and I've probably talked to over 1,000 MBAs at this point. And I can very much tell you what you're saying definitely resonates from my experience in terms of while everyone does have a unique experience, there are many commonalities of that shared experience across all of the thousands of people that I've talked to spanning the last couple of years. And I definitely agree that there's definitely, even though there are times when you may think you are the only one who is feeling a certain way or experiencing a certain thing, there's I, more for many of those things, realistically, there are other people that are experiencing that too. And I think one of the beauties and the opportunities and the invitations is that, particularly in those challenging moments of leading into that and asking for help, or in some cases, maybe providing help, those can be really good forging moments of friendships, relationships, just camaraderie, culture, whatever you want to call it. And even if things are hard, there is certainly opportunity in that. One other thing I wanted to ask you about, so it sounds like you were progressing on a path uh, prior to business school. You were almost ready to step into kind of a people leadership role. And I'm sure it sounds like also you are a long-term thinker. So you were thinking about some of those leadership opportunities long-term. What about from a career perspective, I guess maybe coming into HBS, did you have any thoughts about what you wanted to explore from a career perspective? And what did you end up pursuing when you were in school for an internship and just a career path? Yeah. So I had these grandiose ideas of starting my own startup. So I originally, I came from Walmart e-commerce, which is tech, and I'd always been interested and energized by this idea of closing the black wealth gap that we see by building structural pathways to jobs in tech via kind of a startup situation. And I think this really comes from my lived experience. Like I often tell people around me that I didn't make good choices. I had good choices to make. And that is a function of wealth that my family has built up from access to educational and professional opportunities via kind of the tech industry and their innate tenacity, obviously. And I think I really saw a opportunity coming from this broader Black community that continues to be disproportionately and systemically denied access to those opportunities that my parents and I have now been afforded through kind of technology, which is a like a burgeoning industry, right, where we've seen so many different trade-offs and changes and outcomes and access be built up due to that industry. So I felt like my ethos has been rooted as a first and immediate step getting Black people into tech and into jobs that pay more, into equity packages that ultimately change these choices that folks have access to. And obviously, this isn't like a one-time solve thing, right? There are policies and social levels that completely need to happen and towards getting to that closing the Black wealth gap. But that's how I viewed my role in it. And that's what I wanted to pursue at HBS. And 
I didn't end up doing the startup route. I think what I ended up pursuing is this type of ideal in different ways. And I feel like I'm still pursuing it just differently than I had envisioned. So during my time at HBS, I was fortunate enough to intern at Snapchat during the summer in their strategy and operations role working with content partnerships. And what that meant was actually re-envisioning their strategy for a Black creator accelerator. I think that social media in this kind of class of content creators is a way where folks are getting into their own equity, building their own businesses around personas and social media, which is an equalizer as we think about wealth and how that kind of trickles down. So that was just one way where I pursued kind of my ethos and my goal. And then now at Walmart e-commerce back again, <laughs> just being black in tech, I feel like there are other ways that I can close the wealth gap due to my own networking and experiences. So. Hey there, it's Al, and thanks so much for listening to the MBA Insider Podcast. I wanted to take a quick break to ask you a small favor. I'm loving doing this show, and I hope you're enjoying it too. If you're enjoying this episode, I would really appreciate it if you take a few minutes to leave a review and rate this podcast on Apple or Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, or simply share it on social media or send it to a friend. I'm incredibly grateful for your support. Thank you, and let's get back to the show. So there's a lot of ways in business school to maybe explore different interests, whether they're personal, professional, or career related. Would love to know from you, just talk me through a little bit just about some of the highlights from your experience at HPS. I'm sure there's plenty to choose from, but what are maybe one or two things that you did at HPS uh, that you either really enjoyed or that you found really impactful? Yeah, so I think the number one highlight of my experience that comes to mind was definitely my co-presidency of the African-American Student Union. We also call it ASU. And I know you had an episode with Jerome Fulton Jr., who's one of my closest friends and was also one of my co-presidents during our time. He's very near and dear to my heart. But I think I enjoyed putting my empathetic and servant leadership tile to the test in this kind of student role as we created these experiences, spaces, and resources and obviously a community for Black students to have a chosen family within the HBS walls. And I get a lot of energy from elevating and empowering Black students and Black people and just to move authentically and be their true selves. And it was nothing short of a privilege and a highlight to serve in that capacity and be a student leader at HBS. So one of the things about business school that is particularly during your first year, but certainly during your second year as well, is there's definitely some highs and there's definitely some lows. Could you talk maybe about maybe a, one or two challenges that you faced when you were in business school at HBS or what was it and how were you able to experience it and navigate it? Yeah. So I think one of the lows involved confronting these tough truths about yourself and what you stand for from a value perspective. I think we're really used to being in echo chambers in our personal lives and being surrounded by folks who think like us, who have a similar perspective. And now you're thrown into this global program, drawing different perspectives and people across the world. There's bound to be tension. There's bound to be tough conversations and people who don't see eye to eye. And your perspective is no longer the worldview, right? So I think my kind of challenge, but what I also ended up navigating and enjoying was how do I communicate and defend my point of view? How do I adjust it depending on new information or what I'm learning from my peers during these heightened emotional topics or disagreements or when decisions have to be made? It can be exhausting, but you learn to build up that muscle of navigating and communicating that. And I think we had numerous cases where 
these healthy confrontations do exist. But ultimately, through a through that experience, you learn to adapt and you learn what you really stand for and what your what your values are. So I think I really appreciated that. And I felt like that really transformed me as a leader when we're going to these organizations or doing our own startups. And when people are looking to you to have a POV and a perspective, really being grounded in your own reality of what those values are and being able to get people on board, um, get people influenced, right? As well as understanding where those actually come from and what you're going to prioritize. So it all flows through, but I think it is really tough. It's not for the faint of heart to be having those conversations day in and day out. No, it's not. But I do think that is the invitation and the opportunity if you do immerse yourself in the experience in in business school is to be able to have those opportunities to learn and grow and to, even if they are hard, to take something away from it and to hopefully become evolved or better as a result of it. And I think maybe that's maybe the the next question I would love to go with you on this conversation with is, I know you've just graduated, but as you reflect back, knowing where you were two years ago versus where you are now, How do you think you have evolved or grown as a result of your time in business school at HBS? Yeah, I think that I've evolved and up-leveled my thinking. I think that my worldview constantly has been changing. And I think my confidence in not only my perspective, but what I bring to organizations, people, or spaces in my life has definitely increased. So I think in terms of my thinking to start off, I think I'm now, the case method makes you think at this executive level, right? You're making decisions with limited information and you're not in really a function. So you have to think about every aspect of the business. So now I think in my role outside of school, which I'm in strategic acceleration, it's way easier for me to see the values, see the strategic decisioning across different functions in collaboration with different functions. So it makes my job much easier now that I can thread pieces together, I think, more quickly. I think in terms of my worldview, being exposed to the global political scene, the global economic scene, being able to learn, I think, from my peers in that space has been truly transformational. We don't get a lot of that, I think, in the United States, especially within our education systems about how the world works outside of the American POV. So I think having that, my worldview has definitely expanded and changed for the better. And then lastly, I think my confidence in what I bring to the organizations and in my life, I think it's really difficult when you're in such a high achieving, ambitious environment, pressure cooker all the time. But I think that really builds up your confidence. I know what I bring to the table. I know what types of skills and what types of things I actually want to accomplish because I've been around basically the highest operating and ambitious people, I think, in the world. So that's definitely, I'm very thankful for that. And I'm very thankful that my confidence has definitely risen in my own contributions and what I want to go for in the future. This theme, I think, has come up a few times in the short conversation we've had so far, just around leadership. You talked in the beginning about being the oldest sibling in your family. You talked a little bit about mentoring and being a teacher. You talked a little bit about how you were part of your thinking for getting an MBA degree was because you did have longer term aspirations around leadership. I'm just curious to know from you, as you think about how you want to keep growing and evolving, how do you see yourself as a leader or maybe said another way? How do you want to be known uh, as a leader, knowing that you will have, hopefully, I I think I can feel pretty confident saying that you are a leader, but you will have continued to have more opportunities uh, to be a leader uh, throughout your career and and in your life? 
Yeah, I think I want to be known as a servant leader. I think servant leadership is one of the most beautiful and empowering types of leadership styles that is out there. And I think that take I take that from some of the leaders that I admire. Roz Brewer of Walgreens is definitely someone who I'm tracking. <laughs> and I learn a lot from her, especially being a Black woman in the retail and e-commerce space. And I think servant leadership, putting people above having a broader goal for a community or an, an organization that really brings everyone along. I think that's what servant leadership is to me and always thinking about a broader initiative or a goal that brings everyone along. I think that will be the first thing. I think I want to be known as someone who leads in empathy and love. I think a lot of the times there's this, I guess, this notion that you have to be tough or that you have to be cutthroat. And I think a lot of industries lend itself to that. But from my perspective, I think there's so much to be said about leading with empathy and about listening and active listening to the people around you and really setting folks on a strategy that people are bought into. And I think that the buy-in is way easier when you lead with an empathy, when you understand where people are coming from and when you're listening and taking feedback. And I think I want that to be more of a, a conversation and what we see in these corporate environments, especially at the executive level, and not just with women leaders, but with male or anyone identifying as a leader in these spaces. So I would say those two things. I think that's a, a great brand of leadership. And I would also love to see more of that, that as well. Maybe last question before we wrap up here, Taylor. So a lot of folks who listen to the show are uh, thinking about the next, taking the next step in their career and an MBA potentially is one of those steps that they could take to continue moving forward or to maybe change into a different career or to achieve a career goal of some kind. What advice might you have for those professionals who are thinking about an MBA as being the next step in their career? Either what would you advise them to do or what would you advise them to think about uh, to figure out if an MBA is in fact a, a great next step for them? Yeah, I would say think authentically and don't just think in the professional silo. I think a lot of these MBA programs, although they lend themselves to career pivots and professional development, also lend themselves to personal development and who you want to be outside of a job or outside of a function. So I would really try to sit down and think holistically who do I want to be as a leader? What are my goals? Seek out people, whether you're connected to them or not. I think I mentioned Roz Brewer, who I look up to. I've never met her. Hopefully I do <laughs> meet her someday. But just do your research on who you want to emulate and how do they lead and what their paths were. I think we have a lot of paths and different ways of getting to different goals. So I would say do your research and do it authentically and all-inclusively. And then I would also say take the risk and send the email cold call and reach out. I think a lot of these alumni at a lot of these MBA programs across the world are really eager to help people to mentor and to answer any questions about their experience. I think the brands of some of these MBA schools are that folks are so excited about their experience and want to share that <laughs> to anyone who is interested. So don't be afraid to reach out. Even if you're not connected, you never know who will respond and what you'll learn from them. Taylor Clark, a MBA graduate from Harvard Business School in the class of 2023. Thank you so much for joining the MBA Insider Podcast. It was a pleasure getting to chat with you and getting to hear more about your journey. Thank you so much, Al. I had such a great time. Really appreciate it. Hi, everyone. Al D here. And thank you so much for listening to the MBA Insider Podcast. If you liked what you heard, make sure to head over to Apple Podcasts and to write a review. It will only take 15 seconds. I'd also love to hear what you've been listening to on the podcast and any suggestions you have for how we can improve. 
find me on LinkedIn or head over to mbaschool.com backslash podcast.